Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, February 18th, 2011, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando, Florida studios, we are mixing it up a little bit. Welcome, Roxy Weeman. Hi, everyone. To her immediate left, Ryan Ham. Hey, everyone. So- soon to be married, so are you changing your last name? Yes. <laughs> no. Are you going to be Ham-something? No. Her last name is Eggs. No. Her last name is Mariner, which like in any objective sense is much cooler than Ham. Yeah. So I was like, seriously, you can, you don't have to change your name and like I'll change mine. But No way. Yeah. Your I parents would disown you. Mm, they already think I'm like weird lefty sometimes anyways. It could just be confirmation. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a very yeah. left-wing thing to do mm-hmm. is to exactly. take your wife's last name. Yeah. You're practically a communist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the uh, ones and twos behind the wall of glass, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Happy birthday to me. It's my birthday. February 18th. Oh, thank you. I was like, the day we're recording it, I was like, (laughs) I got a knot in the pit of my stomach. I'm like, I didn't know. (laughs) No, it's okay. But all you listeners can wish me a happy birthday today when you're listening to us. Self-congratulation. That's what we're all about. That's right. Uh, And on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. My birthday is still a little ways away, but everyone get ready. Is it? It's in March, right? April, April second. So uh, it was very close. The day after uh, my wife's. Mine's, yeah. Mine's in March. Mine's in March. No, I have a big one in March. I have a big one in March. You do have a big one in March. <gasps> I have an equally big one. Well, no, you changed decades in March. I know, I do. Everybody, wow. you're gonna be in your fifties. Oh gosh. <laughs> That would be awful. I mean, wonderful. Now, I mean, 50-year-olds are awesome. I know. I was saying, ah, what if somebody's 50 and listening? It would be awful for me because it would mean I would miss 20 years. No, it would mean you look fantastic for your age. That's is what true. It means. That would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, what's your secret, Roxy? Yeah. You don't look a day over 30. <laughs> oh, she's only 29. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we have a fun podcast lined up for you uh, today. Uh, we have a, a, a special segment with worship leader Carrie Job. Uh, coming up. And uh, also then right after that, we have a, a what is written down as Twitter game. Oh. It's mm. called Name That Tweet. Nice. Mm. Like, So you're going to say a tweet and we guess whose it was? Yes. And they're all from Valentine's Day. Wow. That's a good game. Are they all famous enough that we'll know? Uh, they they are all quite famous. You you'll have choices. Okay. Uh, oh, because okay. otherwise it oh. would be yeah. <laughs> Condoleezza <laughs> Rice. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She's a big Twitterer. Um, cool. Well, that's coming up. Uh, but up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, February twenty second. We have Heath McNeese with "The House Always Wins." It's good, good gambling advice there. Yeah, yeah it's it's really it's really uh, like a Christian advice song. Maybe it's about the church. The house being the church, yeah. like like big house, like audio but, adrenaline. But isn't the house that, always wins against the in the devil. house the body? Like big house, like audio adrenaline. I thought that was about big circus. Big house, it's about big house heaven. Is about it's heaven. heaven. 
The big oh, castle no. in the sky. Do I need to play that on the podcast? I, I didn't really <laughs> listen. We're going to play football. A, it's got a big, big yard where you can play football. Oh, that's all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Who, who did the Goldie's Last Day song? Uh, PFR. PFR. Yeah. I never. Goldie's it, last day. When I, yeah, it's 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 about the golden retriever dying. Yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. when I was at Oral Roberts University at that time, they had a very small channel selection. They have full channel selection now mm-hmm. for the students, but we had a Christian video channel. Was it ZTV? ZTV. <laughs> and they had basically four videos: "Flood" by Jars of Clay, <laughs> "Goldie's Last Day." And a couple others. So there, there's a song from that era, a Christian song about a dog dying. About a dog dying. And I never understood why it was, A, a Christian song. It was about their dog dying, yeah. not Jesus. And why the Christian video channel played it. And that's what, honestly was like one of the big things of like, what is quote unquote Christian music? Is it just songs sung by Christians? If you sing happy birthday and you're Christian, is that a Christian song that Christian radio will play? Or is, right. or is it the content of it that makes it Christ-focused? Because Goldie's Last Day, sorry, not a Christian song. Did Goldie go to heaven? Because that'd be controversial. Well, all as we know, do. Yeah, yeah, all dogs go to heaven. Mm. I, I like, don't know if that's you, biblical. It's like universalism for the, the for the canines. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, that's really depends on a decision that the dog made at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, when it comes to dog salvation, I'm, I more lean towards Armenianism. <laughs> than Calvinism, so I'm pretty sure the dog had to make the choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, also coming out, Adele with uh, her new album, 21. Some great videos already released yeah. from that, that album. Uh, the low anthem with smart flesh and Radiohead King of Limbs. It's yes. it's um, if you pre-order, you'll get the digital version on Saturday, February nineteenth. So interesting. Yeah, Chad, did you pre-order yet? Yep. Did you get the vinyl and everything? You got the vinyl. I it's, just got the digital. It's my birthday weekend. Mm. Wow. You get, you, on your birthday weekend, you go all out. You get the vinyl. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tom York. Uh, okay, movies coming out on February uh, 25th, Friday night. Uh, Hall Pass, starring Owen Wilson, Jason Sudeikis, Jennifer Fisher. Uh, you know about this this movie. It's, yeah. just, it's a stupid comedy. The premise is the wives let the husbands that, that have a, a hall pass, which means they have no marital obligations for one week. And Duck. this is the dumbest premise for yeah. a movie it offends me. Well, and you know, and it's like a Fairly Brothers movie too. Mm-hmm. So you know that like, not only is it really dumb premise, it's also going to be like, the guys will realize that they're just being stupid and then they'll go back to their wives because they can't go through with they'll it. Realize what they realize yeah, yeah, they'll realize what they had was really special and it'll be like really sappy and dumb at the <laughs> end. Yeah. But but on what planet would that actually exactly. happen? Exactly. Yeah. It's so stupid. I mean, if, if you hate your marriage enough that you want your, you want to go taste forbidden fruit that's called divorce yeah and what wife would what what normal well-adjusted wife would let you do that maybe they're maybe they're nba stars because well did you read that (laughs) yeah it's it's called it's called uh uh real nba housewives yeah Yeah. well did you read there was a there was an editorial in espn because they have like this um espn the magazine they have like a writer who is like this unnamed nba star like he writes anonymously, but he's you know supposedly an NBA star. Sure, it's Paul Shirley. Um, it's not. It's not Paul. Well, no, it's the guy currently in the NBA. He's oh, like really? A player? Yeah. Oh, okay. But he wrote this entire thing about like it was like when Tony Parker and even Longoria were getting a divorce, and he wrote this whole thing about how if you were going into the NBA, like you need to be able to have an open marriage with your wife, and like your wife can't have any expectations that you won't cheat, and. Um, basically said that 
the only rule that there is is that you shouldn't steal your teammate's mistress. <laughs> what about your teammate's wife? Or well, he just said your teammate's. He said your teammate's <laughs> well, that girl. Is a whole so, situation. Yeah, he said your teammate's girl. So I assume that extends oh, to any okay. sort of any sort of relationship. Jeez. But I was just like, man, like that is a cynical place to get. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've heard, I've heard stories yeah. similar that that. Yeah, I've, I've heard similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that we kind of pretend that that isn't true. Yeah. And then like we get really shocked when Tiger Woods has an affair. Or, or Brett Favre, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like this American icon, and you're like, oh, he's just like a creepy dude with a cell phone, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Allegedly, mm-hmm. allegedly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although it was proven, <laughs> <laughs> although there are there's it, it, irrefutable evidence that it's all true, but it's alleged. Yeah. Uh, also coming out, uh, uh, Oscar buzz all over this one. Drive angry with N- Nicolas Cage. I yeah, gotta be honest. Yeah. If Kate will see this with me, I will go see this opening night in 3D. <laughs> it looks amazing, and the title is the best thing ever. And the, the plot. I love how the trailer is like a voiceover, and it, it tells you the entire. All you need to know is a cult stole his baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my first podcasts was with you, Jesse, and Adam talking about Nicholas Cage's hair. For yeah, most well, of the I podcast. mean that that could be that could be a topic of its own series of podcasts. <laughs> just every week talking about his hair, and and I think for a while we talked about his Bavarian castle that was oh, in yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they win the hawk didn't it? Yeah. he had to pawn it yeah yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also coming out shelter with Julian Moore. So there's a, there's a wide range yeah, hall, hall pass drive angry and shelter <laughs> marathon. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next slices. You're listening to Tokyo Police Club. The song is Wait Up. It's playing right now on Relevant FM and the videos on Relevant TV. Um, okay. Oh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard The Strokes with Under Cover of Darkness. I'm so excited about this album. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, really I think like it's interesting that, that they went from groundbreaking, hip, you know, to kind of passe yeah. to now they're kind of back. Well, it's been like, it's been, let's see, five years since their last album. And like their new single, like you listen to it and you're like, oh yeah, no one else makes music like this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, and the thing is, like everyone like completely ignores the fact that they were passe. Like, no, I always loved the Strokes. <laughs> I, I, I like the whole time. I loved. Them. To be fair, yeah. their third album's not very good. Right. But yeah. and that's when it yeah. kind of yeah. like everybody moved on. Yeah. But they let enough time pass. Exactly. Yeah. Then now it's like, oh yeah, interesting. All right. Uh, slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so uh, my slice is it has a, a good side and a bad side. Um, mm. the, the bad side is that Russian scientists uh, have determined that there is a chance that an asteroid that is larger than two football fields will smash into Earth with devastating um, you know, consequences in the year 2036. Man. So that's the bad mm. news. Nicholas Cage is going to be dead by then. He won't yeah, and, and so and, and and Bruce Willis, uh, you know, hopefully we'll still have him. John yeah. John Cusack will still be. Around. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, well the, the good news is NASA says that the chance of it actually happening is about one in 250,000. Oh. So, but here's the thing. I calculated uh, Bruce Willis's age in the movie Armageddon. He was 43 years old. Okay. okay? In 2036, when they are looking for someone to get a ragtag team of oil drillers to go up to this thing and save the earth, I will be 53. Mm-hmm. I think that still puts me in the hero window. <laughs> and I plan on volunteering. So I think I'm going to go ahead and get in the oil rig business now. Do you have a daughter? Uh, not at, not at present, but like I said, this is, uh, you know, well, you know, this is over 20 years away. It's like 22 years away. So that's about right too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying you should probably have a daughter like now. Yeah. Cause then. I mean, and her husband or her fiance will be on the, will be on my oil rig. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I should probably start composing a really crappy song too. Well, and it would be a crappy song by a band that's like good now but then we'll just start producing schlock for like the next 20 years so probably the strokes i'll get the strokes. <laughs> <laughs> or like or well no they're too old i was gonna say you too but i mean 20 years they could still feasibly be around yeah. but that would just be sad yeah hmm. yeah so uh so no one has any major you know you don't have to fear anything but they actually it's gonna make a couple passes by earth uh between now and then like at, at a uh, at a distance not that far mm-hmm. but nasa actually if they if they feel like oh chances are getting better they will try to send stuff up there to blast it away which will be totally awesome that's awesome yeah so Keep an eye out for the in the next twenty years because that might be going down. You heard it here first. Hmm. Okay. Well, these are always all about presentation, but I don't know how to say this one. Um, okay. Here in Florida, recently at an elementary school, deputies were called in to because a student tried to pay for his lunch with a million dollar bill. Stop it. Yes. A million dollar bill. Was there a gospel track on the backside of it? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, Kirk Cameron's face on it. Yes. That was the first After quote. After careful analyzation, deputies did discover analytics. Analysis. Thank you. See? This is why I should write it down, huh? Yeah. <laughs> after carefully analyzing, deputies discovered it was from a novelty shop. But what? I, like, <laughs> I know. They, like, did they even need to call in deputies? A million yeah, dollar yeah, bill. Oh, we better get the best oh, detective they've got. This could be counterfeit. Yeah. After after two weeks of lab work, they determined <laughs> yes. that it wasn't real. <laughs> I don't really know if he did. He think he was going to get change from the lunch ladies? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to buy this big cookie, <laughs> and I'm assuming you have nine hundred ninety nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars in yeah. change right. down there, right? Yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, like this, this aired on the BBC last like in November, but I just saw it the other day and it blew my mind. Um, there's this Dutch inventor. Uh, his last name is Janssen, J-A-N-S-E-N. I believe he's a lead singer of Sigur Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so close. <laughs> close, yeah. Iceland, Netherlands. Um, well, see, see, that's last week. Sorry to interrupt, Ryan. No, last fine. week, when, what was the, the guest's name? Audrey Assad. Audrey Assad. Every time she came up, I was like, I wanted to say every time you guys said her name, the founder of WikiLeaks. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have the founder of WikiLeaks on the podcast. The founder of WikiLeaks just got just won two Dove Awards. Oh. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> he is prolific. <laughs> okay, so there's this. Um, I don't know whether to call him an inventor or an artist, but he's taken like this natural PVC pipe that is pretty widely used in the Netherlands. 
and he makes these creatures out of them. Um, when you say natural PVC pipe, this is like PVC pipe that grows naturally. Yeah, yeah it's, it like, it's like bamboo. bamboo I, hate to t- I hate to tell them, but when they dig and they find the pipes under there, those, weren't, <laughs> those, those aren't like roots. Those are I think, related. I, feel, I think it's PVC pipe like made out of bamboo or something. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so he takes, these, he takes these things and he has figured out through feats of engineering how to make these like giant contraptions that have legs and walk like independently there's no motor or anything he takes them to the beach and he has like wing like apparatus attached to them or sails and the wind blows them and they literally walk along the beach like independently from any humans and he basically said like they're like the material he uses is strong enough that eventually they're just going to be all of these like completely human-made creatures wandering the shores of the nether murdering people <laughs> but i mean it sounds like a tim burton like nightmare <laughs> it? it sounds like where the wild things are <laughs> we'll have it on the podcast page um and if you want to see pictures you can google uh strand beast and it's s-t-r-a-n-d-b-e-e-s-t and he has all these like incredible creatures so so mm-hmm. is he wanting to add any sort of robotic brain to them or anything or no like, no it's just his reason it's just like it's really feeling and like i mean i know it's are they weird, self-aware Ryan? are they, <laughs> they self-aware? are not self-aware um like it's really crazy because if you look at them in motion like it like they're really beautiful to watch move because hmm. they or terrifying uh <laughs> i just pulled them up terrifying would be more <laughs> apropos you gotta watch a video of one of them moving like what if you what if you looked out your window one day at your house and you just saw like a thousand of them walking down the street they look like massive yeah. sea creatures it honestly reminds me of where the wild things are a yeah, little bit. yeah it really does it's like fantasy but terrifying yeah <laughs> Oh my goodness! I think I would. I take. I'll take my chance going up to the asteroid. Thanks. All right. Well, if you want to see see photos and videos of this, check out the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. We'll post them there. It'll freak you out. Probably haunt your dreams. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Carrie Job. You're listening to Fleet Foxes. The song is Helplessness Blues. It's playing right now on Relevant FM. Carrie Job is a singer, songwriter, and worship leader from Dallas, Texas. She released her self-titled uh, debut album in early 2009. It was produced by Ed Cash, uh, and the album contains a collection of worship uh, pop folk songs that uh, she wrote and also co-wrote with people like Chris Tomlin, uh, Mia Fields, and others. The album shot to number 67 on the Billboard list and number one on iTunes' Christian music chart. So it has done very well. She's come through the studio a couple of times and uh, we're big fans. So we wanted to talk to her about what she's up to now, what 2011 holds for her. So here is our very own Ashley Emmert talking to Carrie Joe. Only one name, last 
So you went to a few different schools. You went to Oral Roberts, Christ for the Nations, and Dallas Baptist University. And then you were offered a job as a worship pastor at Gateway Church, um, your home church in Texas, right after school. Was that sort of like a whirlwind to go from being a student to becoming a worship pastor right out of school? I I remember I was I was still traveling a lot while I was still in, col- in college mm-hmm. and doing a lot of worship stuff at my church. So it wasn't that big of a change, except that just it was like, I felt like I was kind of just taking different kind of classes because I was still learning so much just by having to take on that role, you know? Mm. So um, it wasn't like a whirlwind as much as it was just a, a change of pace. And and it was just a kind of a surprise as to what I thought that I would do, be doing after school. You know, I thought I'd be traveling more with my worship stuff by myself, you know, and I had a worship team at the time that I traveled with and did a lot of that. And so it was kind of just like I had to wrap my mind around it because uh, I wasn't expecting them to ask me if I would want to come on staff, you know. So, yeah. And you have a few albums out now, so you've had some experience with recording and getting your music out there. So, yeah. so far, what's your favorite part about creating worship music? Um, gosh, I think the writing process is my favorite right now. And just the, just being like around some of my worship friends and co-writing and, um, you know, just kind of like sharing with them what I'm wanting on this next project and having them help me create some new songs and so yeah, just like co-writing and, and getting in the in the prayer zone of, of a new album is, is probably my most... I don't know, I like it all though. I like recording it uh, in the studio too. Just the whole process is, an, is, is fun for me because it's all so different than the live thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Traveling and doing live worship isn't, isn't as hard, you know. It's more of a challenge to be writing my own songs and, and preparing for a new album. Mm-hmm. So I guess I like the challenge of it all. Your song, You Are For Me, it's a very, it has a very hopeful message, I think, about God being there for us no matter what. Did that song come from a personal experience? Um, the, the writing experience for that song was really hard. Because it was, I mean, it came from a really, really broken place for me. Just a, a place of just being really um, in a season of having to trust God in a whole different way. And having to sing and say those words over myself, what got me through that season of just knowing if God before us, who could be against us? The whole Romans 831, uh, he is just, he's there when we need him. He's, he's our hope. He, just declaring to him who he is and, and declaring those things over our lives is something that I don't think that we do very often, mm-hmm. you know, especially when we're going through really hard stuff.
I read on your Twitter page that you are going on a mission trip to Lima, Peru in July. Have you been on many trips like that before? I've been on a few. Um, this one is with um, a, a group of guys that do, they do them all the time. I've been to Peru twice now, and then I've been to uh, Colombia and Honduras, which was really the, the inspiration doing an album in Spanish, just to have more worship for the Hispanic community to sing. So I really love going to the South, South American countries. They're, they're just, they're really uh, eye-opening and very passionate people when it comes to God. And I, I learn a lot from them. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. We're planning for around 10 to 15,000 people to come to the Crusades at night. And every time we do it, like around half of them get saved or, or rededicate their lives to Christ. So we're just praying and seeking the Lord for salvation and asking the Lord to, you know, to meet meet that, that desire of our hearts, you know. How do such trips relate to your music or worship, or how do you incorporate worship into service like that? Um, I do it actually all in Spanish when I go on a South American trip like that, which helps because I don't have to get a translator and do all that. Um, but I just do what I do in the States, honestly, just relying on the, the Holy Spirit to come, relying on God to come and just open people's hearts in worship. I really feel like that's what worship does is prepares people and opens our hearts to receive truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it breaks down facades and it helps people to really get honest about their situations and to, to look to Jesus. And then when you get a message of hope and salvation right after that, it's just awesome to to marry the word and worship together. So John Bevere will be speaking at that. So he's amazing at bringing a salvation message and, you know, tying it to worship and helping people to understand that we're not just singing songs just to sing them, but that it's really preparing them to hear what God wants to say. I also saw you tweet about human trafficking. What got you interested in that subject? Uh, probably real uh, being a girl, and that's just real uh, scary, you know, to think of other girls experiencing that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I got con- connected with Christine Kane out of Australia. She has a ministry called Abolish. 21 and it's abolishing human trafficking in the 21st century and about four years ago I was around when I first started it so it just kind of got planted in my heart uh, a while back and um, I mean I know so many people are raising awareness and it's a really uh, harsh truth that that's really going on in so many countries well in every country all over the world Is that something that you think you might touch on when you're in Peru this summer? Yeah, I think we will. There's a lot of stuff going on, even in Peru, and uh, with Lisa Bevere, John and Lisa Bevere have connections with getting girls out of human trafficking. And um, honestly, like I'm really trying to figure out how to most effectively communicate it in what I do, you know, mm-hmm. and and how to not just make people scared, but to have people know how to help and how to give towards getting girls out and um, if we did that in Peru we'd probably have to 
connect with a, a ministry that's doing it there, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, we probably will do that. So what's next music-wise? Are you working on a new album or are you focusing on touring right now? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish it was just one or the other right now. It's, it's real busy, but I am working on a new project and writing, and I'll be recording that and releasing that in the fall. Okay. And then traveling at the same time, so it's pretty... Pretty busy. was Carrie Job. Check her out at carriejob.com. What a pleasant distraction from the outcome of this world that we live in. This is our world, so don't lose it. This is our only chance, so don't let it pass through your eyes. There's a choir singing to the Uh, you're listening to Love Drug. The song is Our War. It's playing right now on Relevant FM. Okay, it is time for the Twitter game. Take it away, Jesse. All right, so th- this is actually uh, Chad's brainchild, and it- it's it's a fabulous idea because I know there's a lot of prolific Twitter users uh, in in our podcast audience. So this is this game is called Name That Tweet. Um, and all of these tweets, except for one, one was actually done a few hours after midnight. So, but uh, all of them were were actually tweeted on Valentine's Day by relatively famous people. Okay, so uh, Roxy and Ryan are going to take turns. I'm going to read a tweet, and they have to guess who is the author of that tweet. Hmm. I'm ultimate okay. scorekeeper. Yeah, <laughs> Cameron is designated scorekeeper. Last time Ryan and I faced off, it was kind of ugly. Did you win? By a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it would have been great if I could have wrote some program. So so it would have been like Jeopardy, where Roxy, Roxy would battle the computer, like Watson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a bit of a letdown, I thought, by the way, the Watson stuff. Didn't the computer win? Yeah, of course the computer's going to win. It's a freaking computer. Yeah. I mean, and... Although Ken Jennings might be a computer, I think he's yeah, a droid. he's a cyborg for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but 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 the, yeah, the the whole premise is like, well, look, I could win a game of Jeopardy too. Just give me any smartphone, you know, and I could literally win. You know, it's like every time they ask a question, I would just buzz in right away and be like, "Hang on, one sec, one sec." Got Who it. is Dwight D. Eisenhauser? Yeah, Hauser. Eisenhauser. Is that like dude? Oh, this phone sucks. Yeah. I'm never using Bing again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the decision engine? What the heck does that mean? <laughs> Why is that the default search engine? Uh, all, right. All, right, all right, Roxy. Uh, th- this is the first one. Uh, and like I said, this was tweeted by someone on Valentine's Day. So for the dudes actively dating more than one lady, how are you going to get out of today totally unscathed? And shockingly, none of these choices are an NBA player. <laughs> uh, was it Questlove, Kanye West... Josh Loveless, Ryan Seacrest, or Bob Saget? 
I don't think I'm going to win That feels game. like a second. I already forgot my choices. Um, <laughs> Westlove, Kanye West, Loveless, Seacrest, or Bob Saget? Saget. It was Questlove. Oh, man. Mm, yeah. Already, I'm down one. Mm-hmm. That's all right, Ryan. Let's see if you can take the lead here. All right. <laughs> uh, I got my Valentine from Ricky Gervais. Unsurprisingly, it's a human heart wrapped in tin foil and twine, just like <laughs> last year. All right, was that Steve Merchant, Steve Carell, John Hodgman, Will Ferrell, or Tina Fey? Hmm. Steve Carroll. John Hodgman. Of Apple commercial and book writing fame. Man, you guys, you guys, and this is, you guys are enthusiastic this. about this. You need to get out your, uh, your smartphones. No. Right. Yeah, yeah. Bring out your own personal Watsons. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Without Valentine's Day, February would be, well, January. Was that Jim Gaffigan, Amy Poehler, Donald Rumsfeld, or Shaq? <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody who lives in a cold climate. Amy Poehler. Jim Gaffigan. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. This is a very, very difficult I game. I think one, win, one answer is going to win this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, the first one be to like, score. It's going to be like, like a sudden death game. It's going to be like a terrible, terrible soccer match where you have a 1-0 <laughs> blowout. <laughs> but, or a yeah, minor league and, hockey game without a fist fight. And not, like, and not like a draw where it's like been exciting the whole game with lots of scoring opportunities. It's yeah. one of those where like both teams are just bad. Yeah. And they just yeah. go back. A 1-0. Yeah. 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 It's going to happen here. I can feel it. A 1-0 blowout. All right. Valentine. Valentine's Day always makes me think of third grade and my first real crush. Here's to you, Vice President Spiro Agnew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, date, that dates that sounds dated. Yeah. Okay, so third grade. All right, so with that, is that John Stewart, Stephen Colbert, Tracy Morgan, or Conan O'Brien? Oh man, it has to be Colbert. I think it's Conan. Okay, Conan. You are correct. Yes. Sir. Good job. Yeah, he's very satisfied. He, he just sat back and <laughs> has a big smile. He's in, inhaled deeply. Yeah. He has an air of contentment right now. <laughs> you, you, you are still in this. Okay. Uh-huh. Valentine's Day is almost here. Ladies, get your hopes up. Fellas, get your apologies ready. Was that Daniel Tosh, Colin Coward, Stephen Colbert, or Shaq? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tosh. It was Colbert. Ah! I actually saw that one. Oh, really? Yep. 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 All right. Uh-uh. This is for Ryan. You can really, you can really get in the you comfort the zone lead, lead here. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, I just zoned on on how ill it is to fall in love. Pippin is whatever. Love is bleep. <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> your, your choices are Kanye West. Ocho Cinco, Chris Brown, or George W. Bush? Kanye West. Oh, Ocho man. Cinco. You are on fire. Wow. Oh, you I actually saw that. I actually saw that one. That one was easy. Yeah. How was that easy? Well, it could have been Ocho Cinco. wasn't George W. Bush. Well, that, but the other three, it easily could have. <laughs> yeah, it could have been Ocho Cinco. Um, and my, like, Kanye West is, like, like my Kanye. favorite Twitter account. So yeah. I only really like it when he, like, talks about his like, ridiculously opulent lifestyle and complains about it like yeah i think my favorite tweet he's ever had was like yo fur pillows are hard to actually sleep on <laughs> I'm like who has fur pillows <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah Caveman. they're made from like silk alpaca fur yeah, exactly 
All right, well, Roxy, this one, this one, I think is probably the easiest one of the bunch. It's also my favorite of the bunch, and it has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. Now it's gonna make me feel really bad. It was just tweeted on Valentine's Day. Okay. All right. Sometimes it means diarrhea. For example, McDonald's. I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Was that Steve Martin, Spencer Pratt, Dimitri Martin, or George W. Bush? Hmm. It sounds like a Steve Martin quip. I'll give you a hint. It's it's a Martin. It is a Martin. <laughs> was, okay, so you can yeah, eliminate George yeah, Bush. Good. I was going to go Pratt. with Steve Martin in the beginning, so I'll just go with that. It's Dimitri <laughs> Martin. <laughs> That's totally She Dimitri obeyed Martin. the rule of taking the SAT, go with your first gut instinct. Did, yeah. And it yeah, failed. It, was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. it failed me. It, le- it led her astray again. All right, uh, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> this is also not Valentine's related, but for some reason was tweeted on Valentine's Day. So draw your own assumptions about its hidden meaning. Nine one one operator not taking me seriously. <laughs> All, right. All right. Was that uh, uh, Steve Martin, Bill Murray, Danny McBride, or Chevy Chase? I'm gonna say. Uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna say Chevy Chase, <laughs> Steve Martin. Oh. Oh. All right. Well, well, Roxy. At least at least you can get this one. I, I feel I I'm afraid the game is out of hand at this point. No, no. This so. one's worth five points. Oh, okay. So this is for the win. <laughs> this is literally for the win. Uh, as much as I loathe to admit it, today I'm like, baby, 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 oh baby, <laughs> in, in homage to the Biebs. Um, was that Justin Timberlake? Andy Richter, T.O., or Nick Jonas? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Andy Richter. For the win! Yes, he won! That was impressive. I would say, it couldn't that be the other the pop stars because they wouldn't say loathe to admit it by um, talking they, bad about their peer. They would just say that. Yeah. yeah. Well, but they wouldn't. Pu- they would hate to say it. they wouldn't publicly right. put down Justin Bieber. Or they would. They would post it and then retract it, but it would still be viewable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand the, the delete function. It doesn't work very well. Mm. Yeah, it, it removes it from your profile, but it's archived. It's like you can there. search for it yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. That'll do it for the Twitter game. Congratulations, Roxy. You really won. It's okay. Mm. I concede. But but it was five sentimental points, so mm. you had a moral victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stay tuned. Up next, feedback. No, I don't intend to be the fallen them home, I've watched them dance upon the ceiling to complete their song. It's not enough, my friend, to melangate. Let's keep them on their toes, let's keep the biggest from their volunteers and the rabbits in their You're listening to Boy and Bear. That doesn't sound like a good idea, actually, <laughs> at all. The song is Rabbit Song, so I don't, I'm, I'm thoroughly confused. It, it sounds like a Fox special from back in the day. Boy and Bear. When Animals Attack, part four. Yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah, it, the Boy and Bear edition. It's, it's called Rabbit Song. He's throwing a rabbit at the bear to try and mm-hmm. feed it mm-hmm. and escape. 
Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant FM, and if you want to see the gruesome video, it's on Relevant TV. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I remember watching a comedian. I can't remember when the comedian was, so uh, don't get mad at me for I'm crediting a comedian. But he was talking about the advice that if you if you are attacked by the bear to play dead, you know, he's like, I'm pretty sure that the bears released that bit of knowledge. <laughs> like the bears all got to, together. And it's like you know we should send out a press release that just tells people to play dead. That would make our job easier. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Okay, so last week on the podcast, you know, it's Valentine's week. We asked you to tell us your best Valentine's Day story. Very touching. Yeah. Uh, several of you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, posted your your stories there, and here's a few of our favorites. Well, well, Dustin was was my favorite, um, and and at the at the at the first sentence, you you can tell what kind of story this is going to be. After losing a bet during a rousing game of Halo with my friend just with my friend <laughs> Joe in the basement of my parents' house. <laughs> Also known as my bedroom. Uh, <laughs> Justin calls up a girl he had a crush on to ask her for a Valentine's Day dessert, which uh, happened to be the next day. Uh, unfortunately for her, she agreed. Um, uh, they were in Washington State, and it, it's February, which is a little cold. And they decided to walk to an ice cream store about a quarter mile. So, uh, not the best decision on, on, on old Joe's part. Um, she didn't really have a great time. And actually, she was already feeling, uh, not feeling so great, um, which was compounded when they went back to his place, which is the basement of his parents' house, <laughs> to watch a couple episodes of her favorite show, The West Wing. Um, not only does Joe live in a basement, uh, play video games a lot, and eat a lot of ice cream, but he also lives in the basement with three cats, no. uh, which she happened to be allergic to. Mm. Um, at, at this point, his mom was so excited that he actually had a girl over no. that she brought down cookies and milk no. and realized how ill the girl had become from the cats along with Benadryl. Uh, he said that um, he didn't realize till after she took so much Benadryl that the West Wing was a comedy. And uh, that was their only date. And he actually moved this from Washington to Tennessee following drugging the girl on the first date with Benadryl. It's pretty, so. pretty bad. I mean, why would you want your first date to, to be on Valentine's Day anyway? I mean, that, it puts a lot of pressure yeah. on the situation, the relationship. And, and, and the other thing is, like, let's say you start dating for real. You know, that means your, like, dating anniversary coincides with Valentine's Day. So you got to go all out every year. Mm. Hey, a lot of people a, don't think about that. Just a little tip um, to people who are posting the stories. Um, you, I get that you want to abbreviate things, but don't don't say that you had a great VD. <laughs> true. I think I like this one because it, it has uh, brevity. This is from... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of yes. long stories. Another, another tip for posting, paragraph breaks. Yeah. <laughs> paragraph <laughs> breaks. Exactly. Uh, v -day. Get, I'm reading a 500-word uh, story, all one line. Yeah. It makes it a little difficult. It's like a treatise. Um, <laughs> this one is from username V-Day Gone Wrong, which... Kind of, or know, VD gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is uh, it's kind of a, a self-evident, kind of yeah, yeah. totally different story. Then. Uh, yeah, this, As there, yeah. You never see VD gone right. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this guy VD gone wrong says, um, "My wife, then girlfriend, and I got all dressed up and went to eat at a nice chain restaurant. During which she was sick. Two days later, she, we found out she had mono. Not the best Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Well." <laughs> 
And obviously this guy didn't play his cards right on Valentine's Day or he would have had mono too. Yeah. Oh. It is the kissing disease. It is. Mm-hmm. It's true. I had a very nice Valentine's Day. I surprised Maya. I had been planning it for a while. Oh. And it's tougher to surprise a wife when she's the one who lines up the babysitters. Yeah. Mm. So I brought a stranger into our home. Wow. But one that was recommended. That's though, good. But yeah, I lined up the babysitter, wooter, took the kid all afternoon so she could rest. And then, and then told her to just be ready by seven o'clock in a nice dress. And That's then, nice. and then we went down. And, we had and then you went skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I just laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> and I surprised her with a present that she didn't know. Was, good job. Yeah, That's I did good. A good job. Yeah. A skydiving ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a group on. One? There's a group on for for forty percent off skydiving. So what else are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of yeah obvious. So. I'm assuming you and your wife went skydiving for Valentine's Seems like Day. It. If we go skydiving every balance, every special event, I suggest skydiving. <laughs> She's yet to take me up on it, but that hasn't stopped me from investing in my own parachute. One of these days, she's going to want to go. And when my parachute deploys, it'll have a big heart on it. That's how I love to go. I, uh, I actually saw somebody on my Twitter feed that I'm following uh, t- today tweet about skydiving. He said, sorry, Groupon. I'm not looking for for- to save 41%. On skydiving, I prefer to pay full price for my life and death experiences. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, nice. I, that, that, he raises a good point. Yeah. Do you, who's going to respond to sail on parachute? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? I think I'll just yeah, I think I'll go for the new one here. Yeah, I'll pay full price. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, there's a lot more. You can go over to the podcast episode page from last week and uh, and read the other stories. They're just very long and don't have paragraph breaks. Um, okay, so it's time for this week's Question of the Week. Editorial Question of the Week. Okay, well, uh, the game this week uh, talked about Twitter, right? So we, we wanted to hear from you who your favorite people to follow on Twitter are. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to follow sports people and funny people. And some people... And that funny fo- sports people. And really funny sports yeah. people is the sweet spot for me. Um, so we want to know who you follow. Is it like... Bad Banana? Is it Ocho Cinco? Is Lord it? Lord Voldemort. Oh, he's funny. A popular, yeah. It's a yeah. popular choice. Yeah, he's funny. Cobra Commander's pretty funny, too. Is he? Yeah. He gets a little raw sometimes. <laughs> a little blue? Yeah. Little he blue. works a little blue. Yeah. I'm a big fan of WhiteHouse.gov. I mean, really thrilling stuff coming out of there. <laughs> Lots of laughter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about yucking it up. You know? Yeah, so uh, head over to the podcast episode page right there on the front of RelevantMagazine.com. And uh, there in the comments uh, post, tell us who you love to follow on Twitter. And it'll be fun. And why? I mean, if you have a favorite yeah. example of a tweet, that'd be fun, too. Do you have a? Do you follow Aziz Ansari from Parks and Rec? I do. Did you see his his series of uh, live blogging the aftermath of an airplane burrito? <laughs> I heard about <laughs> that. I didn't see it. <laughs> it was not appropriate, but also really funny. Wow. He was like, it, "Yeah, it's really funny." <laughs> you had to, uh, yeah, well, yeah, there's uh, absolutely uh, nothing I can say about that. <laughs> yeah, well, th- that's like uh, Tim Heidecker from the the show Tim and Eric Awesome Show on mm-hmm. on Adult Swim. Uh, is a pretty prolific Twitterer, but for three, literally for like three weeks leading up to the release of the Yogi Bear movie, all he would do is tweet about Yogi Bear <laughs> and how it was going to lead to an apocalypse, <laughs> and, and it literally was the the downfall of 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 humanity was the release. Of, he even made very inappropriate flyers. 
and was asking people to print them out and hand them out at movie theaters to, <laughs> to, pers- to persuade families not to go see Yogi Bear. <laughs> he went to insane lengths to uh, dissuade people from seeing Yogi Bear for no reason either. So all that to say, tell us who you love to follow on Twitter so we can follow them too. Yes. That'd be fun. Mm. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to Carrie Job for talking to us. Uh, make sure to check her out at CarrieJobe.com. And uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Carrie Job. Well, with that, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. Roxy Weeman. I'm Ryan Ham. Jesse Carey. And that's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. I don't know if you love it all, but I bet you wish you had come and go with me to my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. A big, big table with lots and lots of food. A big, big yard where we can play football. A big, big house. It's my father's house. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. I could win a game of Jeopardy too. Just give me any smartphone.